0: Namaste dear ones, this is your host Changa Bell. Today we wanna break down our feelings of worrying, anxiety, fear, and trauma that comes as part of this COVID-19 global pandemic. All of us are affected whether we have contracted the virus or not, life is suddenly topsy-turvy. And after we look at some of the feelings associated with the pandemic, we will learn to look beyond the crisis and into the depths of our being using tools of mindfulness integration and abhyasa. So get ready to begin a journey of healing because life is all about healing and being alive is all about being connected consciously to love. How to unwind the mind during a global COVID crisis. Coming up next on Conversations with a Yogi. To all my listeners today, how are you feeling right now? Are you quick to anger? Are you feeling anxious, frustrated, worried? Are you losing hope? Are your thoughts dominated by fear, uncertainty about the future, your job, and perhaps life itself? Or are you even aware of your feelings right now? Some of us prefer to keep busy and avoid the trouble of introspection altogether. However, if you're experiencing any of these things, today's show is for you. In the opening, I mentioned this fancy word, abhyasa. Abhyasa is Sanskrit and is loosely translated as practice is the effort to fix one's own self in a given attitude. Wikipedia notes that prolonged periods of practice with a given attitude to align ourselves with our soul's freedom is abhyasa. In short... When we adjust and take sole accountability for our attitudes, beliefs, and feelings about ourselves, this fixes our perceptions and metaphorically makes blind men and blind women see. Seeing, and thus rightly understanding ourselves, moves us toward greater and greater stages of freedom and lessens our feelings of stress, conflict, dissonance, and turmoil of our individual mind states. So today, we're going to explore our feelings and how feelings tend to bog down the mind. The mind, our poor minds. What are we to do with them? We can't live with them, and certainly we can't live without them. Sometimes, our minds are a sharp, quick-witted ally. Other times, they are our own undoing. This is because modern culture has the mind under attack. It's been programmed and reprogrammed by external forces, and this ultimately causes dissonance within us. Cognitive dissonance involves conflicting attitudes, beliefs, and or behaviors. We perceive ourselves to be one thing, but our minds have us do, experience, and think the contrary to what we desire ourselves to be. So let's look at the subtle but important distinction between feelings and emotions. Emotions are neurophysical reactions unleashed by stimulus, be it internal or external. So emotions are a physical occurrence in the body. For example, if you experience happiness, you smile or laugh or perhaps you get a tingle in the belly. Feelings are a self-perception of specific emotions. Feelings are mental. When people say, I'm feeling some kind of way about the government's handling of this pandemic, you may be expressing mistrust. They may be expressing pride because they think the government's doing a wonderful job. Feelings are subjective and are mental expressions of our perceptions. So these perceptions are based on our attitudes and beliefs. And our attitudes and beliefs are most often shaped by family values or lack thereof, culture, etc. Albeit external forces shape our attitudes and beliefs. Nevertheless, Feelings are the cause, and emotions are the reactions. Emanating from perception, feelings often extend from the ego. Not to invalidate your feelings, but feelings are often false from who you truly are. They emanate from your beliefs of who you think you are or who you align yourself to be. Racists are often deeply rooted in their feelings, yet they are loving parents, loving children, and considerate citizens. As another example, modern politics, the far right or the liberal left, are belief systems. They aren't beings. Yet people get all in their feelings about government, to the point where they claim it for themselves with statements such as, my government, or my president, or that's your president. All of us share such polarizing views within us, yet we've been programmed to be that way by societal culture, family culture, academic culture, pop culture, and so on. So what do we do then when we have such strong feelings? Vedic philosophy, mindfulness, Christian philosophy, psychology, and sages and poets throughout the past have given us clues. However, language often clouds the essence of what needs to be communicated. It's hard to translate to a mind that hasn't been cultivated to receive such messages. The messages of the sages to some degree all represent letting go or surrender. With acceptance and trust, we can unify and return our will to God's will and allow life to unfold without fighting against it. This doesn't mean that we won't co-create. It does mean that we create with our hearts and not our minds. By now, many of us have had some exposure to yoga and meditation, so we all know that we're supposed to quote-unquote observe thoughts and just let them go when they come up. However, thoughts, especially memory, often come up with attached feelings. What do we do with the feelings that come up with the thoughts? Many of us aren't even aware that the two are connected. This is what yoga is all about. It's connecting or yoking. It literally means to yoke the mind, body, and spirit. And in that, we realize that all are one. So if we have awareness of the feelings, we can let them take their course or suppress them. However, many of us choose suppression because our daily lives are so demanding that we just don't have the time. But as we can see by the growth of depression and other mental health disorders, feelings will eventually have their time with you. It's better to deal with them singularly than to deal with them as a muddled mess, which can eventually overpower and overwhelm the mind. In everyday language, we use the word triggers to denote when someone has said a word, a phrase, or perhaps a situation presents itself and causes a conflict within us. The thought brings up a feeling, the feelings have an emotion attached to them, and bang! We've just pulled someone's trigger, whether we're aware of it or not. But usually we do become aware of it, and they let us know. Through actions, body language, or perhaps some explosive thing happens between ourselves and that person. And furthermore, we tend to ruminate over these feelings and get all in our head about things. We stay angry, we get depressed or frustrated. But most human emotions and feelings come from a few places. Fear, guilt, shame, and feeling inadequate. You know, that value statement. And all of these things are eradicated by the feeling of love. But we tend to look for love outside of ourselves Love is the kingdom of God, love is the heaven on earth, and love does dwell inside of us. But because we perceive that love, as well as turmoil, exists outside of us, we're disconnected from both the discontent itself and from ourselves. Buried feelings deep within us erupt as emotions and spew out hot language, burning our friends, co-workers, or family. Or even worse, we keep the feelings burning inside, a brewing pit of magma that eventually turns into poor health, disease, and as noted in the illness-wellness continuum, premature death. So how do we deal with these feelings? How do we not become toxic to ourselves and hence others in our community? How can we simply be better? The poet Rumi has a selection called The Guest House. It's one of my favorite poems of all time. And over time, the meaning has changed for me. It deepens as I become more spiritually mature. Rumi talks about welcoming all guests. The guests are thoughts, feelings, emotions, or they could represent actual people. If you look at the words of the poem, he shows us that the guest comes to us for we are a guest house, hence we are a host. We didn't invite them, but like a virus, emotions, feelings, and thoughts need a host. They can't live on their own, so they arrive at our doorstep. Through discernment and awareness, we can learn from each of our guests. This is how we cultivate wisdom and eventually become masters of ourselves. We sit with each guest, and yoga postures teach us the same concept. Our outward struggle to hold or to get into a pose leads into internal anguish Oftentimes, it's damnation and conflicting thoughts about our self-value or ability. But what we learn is that just like a virus or cold, if we stay in that pose or posture, if we sit long enough, feelings run their course. Just like those bad thoughts, those bad, that negative dialogue in the head, it runs its course. And eventually we're left with who we are in our purest state, in our purest being in that moment. Feelings are the same way. They run their course. Thoughts literally have to be rerun in the mind because the brain naturally moves on to the next distraction. So we bring it forward. Often, just that's what I meant when I said we ruminate. We just bring it forward until we get irritated and frustrated. And emotions, they don't have energy of their own, so they eventually die down. They can't stand alone. So suddenly we see that we are the conductor, that we keep the cacophony of the orchestra going and all we have to do is stop conducting. To sit and listen, eventually all the things will play themselves out. But what we resist will persist. If we say whatever or just F it and just push things aside and we bury them, those old bones will resurface again. In quarantine, feeling forced to stay at home In our house, which represents our minds and bodies, it's forced us to be with ourselves. But many of us don't know who that stranger is we see in the looking glass. We prided ourselves on being our job or our role in society or our role in family. We didn't come to existence to be such things. We had to learn these things. If being a veterinarian or working with animals makes us feel titillated inside, We feel that that's our purpose. But we actually came here to be joyous, to be loved, and to be one with God. This is the singular message of every great and enlightened master in recorded history. And so it is the same today. So that message is to notice what feelings are attached to thoughts and perceptions about yourself, your history, or even your future goals. Sit with that feeling until it dissipates or goes away. But do this on your own. We're not to do this with a therapist or a spouse. We have to do the work ourselves for ourselves. No one's coming to save us. We have to become the master and not the mastered. Notice even where the feeling tries to bury itself. Remember, a feeling is like a virus. It has to attach to a host to live. So is it living with an emotion? Is it living with a memory? Is it living with a reaction, a person? And then what is the payoff for you? What do you get out of suppressing feelings? What do you get out of not dealing with your feelings in any given moment? Are you further etched into being because you have something to be against? Something that is not you? Because we're all works of art. We're not reliefs. A relief is chipped into being. It's etched into being from a solid piece of mass. But we are beings. We exist already as a fluid part of everything. We literally can be anything. This is that power of God within us, what we call consciousness. We're attached to it. So letting our feelings, aka our conditions, run their course and sitting with them, when the fever breaks, we find our truest self. We find that we are light and not just a reflection of it. Now, the work is difficult. It can be hard not to share our feelings with a loved one. It's hard not to blame others or ourselves. But there's no one thing to blame. It's just acceptance and dissolution, awareness and letting go. Life is a series of moments to set with and to be one with until the next moment arises. This is what Rumi meant in that poem. And if we can just be true to who we are in each moment, and just be the light, unbiased and vigilant, then we will be whole once more and not fragments of emotion, cause, and reaction that make up our personality. This is the message for today. Thanks for lending your ear, hearts, and minds. Be sure to check out my blog at wwwchangabelcom backslash blog. There you can find three proven methods to unwind your mind and find peace during quarantine peace and blessings everyone please remember Conversations with a Yogi is a listener supported program you can donate on anchor.fm backslash Bell. please follow me on Twitter Instagram and LinkedIn at Bell as well in addition you can join me for daily meditations on Zoom that's 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. The time was 7 a.m., but we've adjusted to account for other parts of the country so they don't have to get up so early. You can register for meditations at www.changerbell.com backslash morning meditation. Also, for speaking engagements, professional development, or demonstrations, please visit www.changerbell.com and select the Contact tab. Namaste, everyone. The yogi in me recognizes the yogi in you. Peace and blessings.